Hello and welcome to Brewskies and Housekeys. I am Nicole Kostelecki. And I'm Nick Papantanakis. And we are here in our Old Town Remax office and enjoying some brewskis and going to talk about some house keys. Oh, <laughs> so punny. Yeah. Right first thing out of the gate. And we're enjoying some brewskis that have alcohol in them. Yeah. We I'm did so it. I'm so excited. We did. You did it. This, I did. You did it. The, the, this is delicious. The you lint. supported. We supported. You guys we did. did. You we supported did support. a lot. But I was I not. That. I will say right now, I did not commit to it for the full length. <laughs> I will tell you right now. Yeah. But we are very proud of you. And we are happy Thanks. to support it. And excited to be enjoying these now. Yeah. We'll see where this session takes us. Yes. yes. That's yes. right. It might be a little long. No, I'm just kidding. No, it'll be good. <laughs> a little off the wall. <laughs> yep. Lent is over. Yep. Easter was good. Was your Easter nice? It was so perfect. Yeah. My, my sister and uh, her husband and kiddo were in town, and that that little boy, my nephew, is growing up so fast. And for right now, I don't He's think this cute. will last. I keep seeing pictures. I think your dad posts them. Look at yeah. his, like, he has such thick hair. Yeah. And he, right now, just for now, I'm sure it'll go away soon, Uncle Nick is his favorite person. So, like, everything he's doing. That'll never go away. I, oh, please say that's true. Uncle that's, status is forever. That is the best feeling. He, my sister got home. Yeah. They got home late last night to Colorado Springs, their house. And for his, uh, for his Easter gift from his grandparents on the other side, he got a big fire truck. Big fire truck. And um, she said, I just want you to know that we got home. And Henry let me know that he needs to take his fire truck up to Uncle Nick's house and fight the fire. And she said, first of Aww. all, I hope there's no major flames at your house. Second of all, I think you've got a buddy. Aww. And I was like, oh. it just melted me. So I, he just gets cuter by the minute. I'm biased on my obviously. own, obviously. She's freaking adorable, too. And they were so cute. We've taken the same photo of the two of them on my parents' steps every year so far. For Easter? Nice. What's their age difference? Uh, about four years because she's seven and a half and he's three and a half. Mm. Yeah. So. That's fun. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. We did a lot of Easter egg. Did you do an Easter egg hunt? We sure did. We did. We hit about 40 eggs for two kids. That was too much. Nice. We did not. You didn't do it? No. No, we didn't do an Easter egg hunt. Usually. I thought that was. I know. Nicole's thing. We did. We dyed eggs. Yeah. We did not do the egg hunt this year. Mm was busy cooking and helping so i don't know it just didn't happen but we did dye easter eggs and maybe next year we should do have you seen those adult ones where you put beers hide the beers in the lot yeah didn't i send you that oh yeah you did you did you you sent sent it to to me me. but i've i've seen that before too and i think that's a great idea so the dad just he's like he's grown up now right the dad was like Hands him two empty six packs. He's like, "Go find your eggs." Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Yeah, so out in the yard, there's all these modelos everywhere. I think adult Easter egg hunting should be a staple from now on. A, a yearly I, occurrence. I think so. I think there's no question. That you can have an adult it. one and a kid one. Oh, I like that. Do the kids first. Yes. Get that. Get that going, and then when they wrap up, then you know, get a couple people to hide them for the adults. I like it. Have the kids hide them. <laughs> It'd be really easy, yeah. and it would be yeah. <laughs> it'd be quick, and you'd find yeah. them all. Oh, fantastic. I think you found some good beer. Speaking yes. Of. Speaking of beer, I did. I really like this. This is one of my new faves. Um, so it's from Boot, Bootstrap Brewing, which they're out of Longmont. Um, but they have one called the Lush Puppy, and it's a juicy IPA. 
our favorites. We had to go back to a juicy IPA when it's first time back for me for a while. I could drinking. not agree more. So it was a must. I went with one of my favorites. It's very, you know, fruity and full bodied. Has the alcohol. <laughs> yeah, it's not NA, which is probably mm. one of the biggest selling points for us after the last four mm. weeks. But um, it's refreshing. I think too. It's it's very yeah. It's very light and crisp. <clears throat> you know, kind of tasting. So it's it's a good. Warm weather beer, which we've got today. Yes, so, yes. Why the What's heck the not? Six and a half? Six, <laughs> almost, yeah, I think so. Yeah, 6.3. There you go. Pretty darn tasty. Really And their good. art is cool. Their cans, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I like it. They also, so at the brewery, I was looking them up. I've never been, um, but I'd like to go check it out because they have stuff going on there almost every day of the week. Well, they do have stuff going on every day of the week. Thursday. Through Sunday, they'll have live music, Whoa. which is really cool, you know, in yeah. the evenings. Yeah, and then they do an open mic night on Monday, karaoke on Tuesday, and trivia on Wednesday. That's everything. So, That's just if you're looking you for something to do, every day. you find yourself up in that area, check them out. I think it's a must. Mm-hmm. We have a second beer in front of us. If you're watching the video, you can see a tinier version of a beer. Um... This is called the Pickle Me Up. It's a golden ale, but it's made with pickle juice. Yes. It's in a tiny cup because... We weren't sure. It's made with pickle <laughs> juice. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely its own unique flavor profile. I mean, it tastes like beer and pickle juice. Yeah, which I know... It does. People love that. It's salty and pickly and beery. Yeah, it's got all the Actually things. pretty good. It's a little weird. For the producer. Yeah, yeah. Nico is not even trying it. Yeah. There are certain things that pickles, I don't, I can't just eat a pickle on its own. Oh, really? I like pickles. I can't. Uh, But pickle flavored things, I'm not, I'm not upset about. And unrelated, actually, our producer told me that pickle juice is like the secret ingredient in what makes the Chick-fil-A sandwich batter. Oh, I could see that. Totally, Hmm. totally makes sense. They put those two little pickles on the sandwich when it's ready, you know. Yeah. That's what they're doing. They're highlighting the pickle juice. I like it. I Those no are good. Well, you know what this would be good with, though? Because I don't know if... I, I mean, I could drink a whole one of these, but it would. I'd probably just have one. But if you are making, like, a red beer... Oh, I just was thinking that. Yeah. Genius. A red beer with this, or if you're having, you know, a Bloody Mary, and they do the beer shock backs. Is that what they call yep. them still? Yep. Shock backs? Yeah. Um, that would be a good... This would be great. That beer with a little shop bit of Bloody Mary mix, and it would be delicious. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. That's that's a good call. I think that's that's what this was made for, in my opinion. It's or also to low, stop lower. the hiccups. Like if you have a bunch of hiccups, don't they say you're supposed to drink pickle juice? Is that a thing? So this one, it was it's four point five percent. It's a it's a beer with yeah. pickle juice. Literally, think, that's think, what it is. I think red beer is the way to go with this. Red one. beer, absolutely, definitely, and some salty food. Yeah, but I'll stick with the juicy. I think I'll stick with that. I instead. like this. <laughs> this one is delicious. I highly recommend going to get Amen. some of it. I, I, I need to go get. Mm. She was saying that to you. I recommend yeah. you go get. <laughs> we'll be fine here. It's not like we're having technical difficulties or anything. Uh, that's a little inside joke for those of you. Um, so well. today, um, we wanted to dive in a little bit on the specifics of appraisals and how that works in the mm-hmm. in the process of buying or selling a home. Um, it's it's 
going to be a major part of your purchase or the, your sale of your home um, if a loan is involved. So anytime there's financing involved, the lender has to have um, some sort of um, appraisal done on the prop- property. Um, it's absolutely necessary you know, to, to determine the value of the home. And I think one of the big things that we want to talk about today is just what it means from a seller's perspective, what it means from a buyer's perspective, and the different types of appraisals that are out there too. Right. So... Yeah. So, you know, in general, the appraisal, what they're meant to do is determine the value of a home. And it's done by a third party, so an appraiser. So they don't have affiliation with the real estate agent. Um, They also don't have affiliation with the lender. Um, That's highly due to, you know, the market crash that we had had in, you know, the bubble bursting in in 2008. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. because they were doing appraisals and lending, you know, more on homes than maybe they should have, the banks were. So anyways, that's why we have them. They are very important. Um, The way an appraiser does appraisal is they'll take comparable, recently sold homes that are comparable, so comps, and they will look at ones that, you know, usually they try and get the closest to the ones that have sold like the most recent, so usually up to six months or so, but they can go back further depending on um, the property itself. Yeah, there's unique scenarios yeah. where, you know, if it's a neighborhood where nobody ever sells, right. sometimes they, yeah, they, they have to go digging, a little bit but, further back. Yeah. Um, so they'll look at that, and then they also look try and look close by, so within a mile, two miles, or similar homes. Um, so they'll use those as a good base, and then they look at other things such as um, the condition of the home, you know, number of bathrooms, number of bedrooms, um, garage, you know, all those kind of things. And then they come up with a good value for the property. So that's how an appraisal works. Um, with a, con- a conventional loan, there's different appraisers than you would have or appraisals than you would have for a VA or an FHA loan. Um So conventional is kind of what we just talked about. And then for a VA or FHA loan, they basically do the same thing. But on top of that, they're also doing an inspection as well. Um, The reason for that is because there are additional requirements for those types of loans that were set by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. Um, So they'll do more of an in-depth appraisal where they're inspecting it, taking photos, and if there's things that need to be fixed, they'll require the seller to do so. Yeah, or at least mention that the appraisal is, you know, they'll, they'll, they they put it as, what do they call it? It's like, um, it's temporarily approved or conditionally approved. Conditional. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, you know, then it's up to the, the agents to have that conversation of, okay, Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller, you know, these are the things that the appraiser says have to happen. Obviously, if the seller is motivated to get their home sold, they need to do those things, mm-hmm. but they can't require them to. Right. It just means the, the financing won't work. So it's kind of a weird catch-22. Yeah. But it's, it, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a much more involved process than... Right. I've, I, I know that uh, a year and a half ago when the market was moving very quickly, there were appraisers that weren't even move, going to the actual home that was being appraised. They or conventional. Just, yeah, they would just pull comps. And look at the recently sold in the neighborhood, never set foot on the property, and send the appraisal off. Hmm. But when it comes to FHA and VA, that's just not a thing. No. Not at all. No. it's imp- I mean, it's important. Absolutely. The lenders need to know, you know, that what 
they are lending money on that it is worth that, basically. That's kind of what it comes down to. It's their fail-safe. It's their protection. Right. Yep. So from a seller's perspective, um, having having that appraiser out, it's, you know, I like to recommend it as it, treat it like a showing. Mm-hmm. You want that home to be tip-top showing shape. You want it to look clean, free of clutter. Everything that needs to be working should work. You know, even though it's not an inspection, it's an appraisal. You don't want, um, you know, your... Uh, I'm trying to think of some really. You just want it, you know yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you if you have some sort of like landscape thing that you're working on, get that wrapped up so that mm-hmm. it has the curb appeal that it needs to have, or whatever it is. You know, there's those little nuanced things that maybe aren't as important to a conventional as they would be to the FHA or VA, but still make it in, in showing order. You want the home to appraise for what the offer's at. Absolutely, you do. And Everyone does. Yeah, and Nicole will talk about why in a minute because there's a very big why right there. Um, it's it's definitely best to treat it like a showing in the regard of not being in the home either, unless you absolutely yeah. have to be. Um, it is that unbiased third party. The agents, you know, don't have any sway over what the appraiser says. The the seller and buyer should not either. Um, so it really should be just specific to the property and the property alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so so clear out for a couple hours while the appraiser does their thing. Um, yep. And then as a, as a seller, it's important to ask your listing agent if they do any additional. We'll call them supplements mm-hmm. for the appraiser. Um, I, I always wonder. I do. I've never asked an appraiser. Why well, always ask? I, I usually say, hey, can I send you um, some comps that I found, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I'll just send it over. Well received? Or yeah. Not? Is it? But I think it depends, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably true. It's it probably depends. dependent upon. Not always, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think on my last one, I, um, we didn't know that the buyers were going to go with an FHA loan versus mm-hmm. conventional until we got to the appraisal time because mm-hmm. they marked both on the contract. They said they could do either because yeah. they could. And the appraiser's there, and he's there, and he's he's doing a lot. He's doing a lot of things. And I was sitting there talking with my sellers, and I'm watching him, and I'm just like, he's doing a lot more than I've seen any other appraiser do. And then come to find out it was for an FHA loan. And I was like, okay, that explains why he was here so much longer. And when I handed him the spreadsheet that I carefully crafted with all of the offers we received and how high they were right. over list and also the comps that in the neighborhood that he literally took it, shoved it in his folder and said, thank you, and just went about his business. Yeah. I was like, okay. That's cool. All right. So I guess the question is, you know, how does the appraisal come into play in the contract to buy and sell real estate? Um, So when you are a buyer, um, there's a lot of different contingencies that we have on our contracts. And one of them, you know, for instance, is the inspection, which we have talked about before. Um, The other big one, I mean, there's a few, but is the appraisal. So that's going to be one of the contingencies that you have. Um, to fulfill, and then also looking at, like, you'll put it on your dates and deadlines. So basically, you'll have until a certain point to get that appraisal ordered, have it taken care of and done by that point. And then once you do that, you have an opportunity to negotiate if, you know, depending on where the appraisal comes in at, it becomes a negotiation point. Um, So since the appraisals are required by the lender. Typically, the appraisals are paid for by the buyer. Usually, they're about $700 or so and kind of put towards your closing costs once you go to closing. So once you get the appraisal back, um, the lender is going to loan on either the lower of the appraised value or the purchase price. 
Okay, so let's say the purchase price is five hundred thousand, and the appraisal comes in at five hundred and eighty thousand. That means the loan is going to be taken off that five hundred eighty, and not, or excuse me, five hundred four eighty. Um, so the loan will be taken off that four eighty, as opposed to the five hundred. So you may have to bring extra money to the table, or you know, this it can be negotiated if the seller wants to bring down the price as well. And if you flip it around and it appraised at five eighty, everyone's doing a happy dance. Yep. Because it's they're getting the appraised value. You know, it's going to be really easy. Exactly. It's be <laughs> really, really easy. And the seller's going to be like, "Dang, why did we price it so low?" Like, yeah. Oh, that's okay. That's all right. But. It's all part of it. Um, so yeah, I think um, there's a lot of specifics about the the requirements for mm-hmm. FHA and. VA loans, you know, Nicole touched on that a little bit, but Chase Bank actually has a really good resource on their website for um, for what those specific requ- requirements are. They line them out really, really well. So uh, definitely worth checking out their website on FHA and VA loans specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicole mentioned too earlier that you mentioned the appraisals can be a negotiation point. Right. And there's been this term thrown around in the last couple of years as people have uh, been buying and selling homes, the appraisal gap. Yes. What is the appraisal gap? What is I it? asked, so you all, hopefully you listeners know that my father has been in this industry for a little while. And I, one of the first questions I asked him when I got my license was, What's an appraisal what the gap? hell <laughs> is an appraisal gap? And yep. it took him three times to explain it to me before I finally understood and processed it. But um, there will be times when the contract is written with language where the buyer who is offering on the home straight up says, even if it appraises below value, I still want you to get the price I'm offering, so I will make that up in cash at right. closing. So that is that is the appraisal gap. That is what that is called. So and it's put into the offer up front. Yep. So you don't, re- you know, once you get to the appraisal negotiations, you kind of have taken that off the table. Yeah. If it does come in, low. so same exact home. It's it's a five hundred thousand dollar home. Uh, I make Appraises an offer. Four eighty. I make an offer at five hundred thousand. Yep. But I say, hey. Seller, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I will cover the appraisal gap completely. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the home appraises for four eighty, so it's twenty thousand less than I offered. In a lot of times, you can negotiate that down and say, "Nope, I'm going to do this and that and the other, and we're going to try and meet in the middle somewhere or whatever." But when I say I'm going to cover the appraisal gap fully, I'm paying five hundred thousand. That twenty grand difference, I have to make up at cash because the lender won't. Right. So you make it up with cash. Now, and sometimes this can be a big deal, and that's why it's important to go back and, you know, to look at each individual scenario scenario because some buyers, they already are bringing that much cash down. It's true. Um, so it might not be as, if, you know, affect as many buyers as it may someone that only has the 3.5% down or whatnot. So it's very, you know, buyer dependent, and if you can – you know, make that as an offer with appraisal gap coverage. And if you need to do that to get a home, then I'd say, you know, go for it. Um, but definitely look at that. If you, you know, if you don't have those funds to be able to cover the appraisal gap, then don't put it in the contract. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's, it, it's seen a lot in those multiple offer situations. Mm-hmm. Not as much if it's just a one-off kind of right. thing, you know, but in the really competitive areas, that's exactly right. It's, it's negotiated or it's part of the contract. So mm-hmm. it becomes... Not negotiable. Right. Move that a little bit. Oh, I love that sound. I love that sound. And actually, it was a great way to end. So thank you, podcast Mm -hmm. guru Nico. Um, That does it for us on appraisals. 
Appraisals can be confusing. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts to the loan process. We are not mortgage loan experts, but I feel like we, as, as my dad always says, know enough to be dangerous. So we love to answer those preliminary questions. We've had a really great lender on here, uh, Michelle Beeson, as a Q&A once, mm-hmm. and we have a couple lenders that we really recommend. So definitely reach out to us if you have questions. That's, yeah, that's if probably you want to go things. more in depth, we can definitely do that and yeah. walk through some more scenarios. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, thank you, as always, for joining us on another episode of Brewskies and House Keys. Uh, thanks to Bootstrap. We do have to probably go pay this place a visit because... I know, we should. Man, that's delicious. It's good. It looks cool I probably won't have any more of that. I don't know. But I will have more of this. Now I have... We have five more of the pickle beers, so if anyone wants to try one, come on by. What we'll do is I'll buy buy a jug of Bloody Mix and we'll just keep it in the office. There you go. And then we can have red beers on occasion. It'll be great. I think one of my sisters might really like that pickle one, so I'll take her one. Perfect. There we go. Um, as always, if you haven't already, I hope hopefully you have by now because this is episode 34. Uh, but if you haven't, it's okay. You still can. Click that subscribe button because yep. that way you'll get those episodes automatically. Um, like us on all of our necessary outlets. You can re- reach us on Instagram. Please shoot us messages. If you know us and you have our numbers, just send us a text and say, hey, great job because we love hearing that. And we love to talk to you. So, yep. um, And then as always, thanks to the crack podcast team that we have. You guys are studs. Love it so much. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.